you know, singing songs and just having a great time. And in a Christian life, in our, in our Christian walk, we say that both of us, just to, again as a diving board and as a picture and as a theme, to think about, you know, the first, the first one, many of us go through life and there's so many times where that is exactly how we feel, happy all the time. You know, when God removes the, um, I believe, you know, in the old days, how many of us remember praying for that hedge of protection, right? Remember that, that saying in the old days, God, we're praying for a hedge of protection, you know, over kids and this, that, and the other. And so I, I think in times that there's life where God fully protects us and there's evil that we don't see, there's evil that we don't feel because there is this wall of protection and this hedge and there's, there's peace and there's blessing and there's goodness. And then other times when, when sometimes God needs to do a little shaking like he has in the church, sometimes then we go to that second part and that second movie where God removes that wall. He removes that, that, that hedge of protection and so that we actually see, think, and feel what the enemy is doing out there. My theme uh, that we've been on is called On the Front Lines. And as you think about front lines, it's just defined simply as a, a line or part of the army, someone who's closest to the enemy. And today, more than ever, we are in a frontline deal as Christians. In Matthew 24, 7, King James Version, it says, Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, and in weird places. In that verse there, pestilence means disease. In the last days, Jesus describing it, one of the things in pestilences, and if you look up that word in the Greek, that means disease. How many of us have seen a disease or plague that's hit our country and it's hit the world? Right? Have, if we, could we imagine three years ago what we've seen in the last year and a half? Can we imagine and just put together in our mind the things that have happened? But in order for the end to come and get closer, what did Jesus say? Nation rise against nation, we see that. Kingdom against kingdom, we've seen that. Famines, we see that. Kids die every 30 seconds of hunger. And then pestilences. And I think for the very first time, we get what that plague is. We get what a disease can do. We get what, what people, what man can do. When they want to take somebody out, when, when they want to hurt people, we see what the enemy can do with this pestilence, with this disease. This week, I had two customers who passed away. They owned a restaurant, and, um, you know, they were older, so they were in that danger zone. But the husband and the wife both passed this past week. It has killed a lot of people, right? And for all of us who have gone through it, we know that obviously there is a real sickness. There's a real disease. There's a plague that is definitely hurting a lot of people, and it's still hurting people today. This is something that we have to fight through. This is something that we're going to have to go through. It's not something that's just going to disappear and poof away, right? How many of us just wish all of a sudden, poof, we can just say the magic word and, and COVID goes away. But it's not going to go away for a while. And if it's not going to go away for a while, how do Christians maneuver in this new world? How do we maneuver ourselves? How do we maneuver our kids? How do we move it, maneuver the church and where God wants us to go? and what God wants us to do. And so God put on my heart on the front lines because I think as Christians for the first time, we've seen what it looks like when the enemy really wants to have his way with people. We see what it looks like when the enemy wants to break up the church and Christians are just falling left and right. 
you know, as we watched that gross video, Hacksaw Ridge, which is one of my favorites, and I apologize because I think there was a cuss word in the beginning that I missed, and I should not have played that, so I do apologize for playing that first part. But you see the, the grotesque, the, the men who were already fallen, and then, then that last clip of the two guys who got shot. And today that really symbolizes believers who are falling left and right. Believers who are getting their heads, so to say, blown off by the devil. The devil is out there and he is hurting people left and right. He is hurting people because we are on the frontline situation. We are in a situation where the enemy is close and we can feel it. We can sense it. Spiritually and physically, there is this enormous battle, the battle for our lives, the battle for our kids, the battle for marriage, just regular marriage, right? The battle for good families, the battle to do what's right, and really the battle for truth. There's two kingdoms at war, God's kingdom and the devil's kingdom, right? These two are battling head to head today. We see it firsthand. And one of the things that as we sit back and look at life on the front lines, I think there's something that starts to change. And I think there's something that, it, that becomes different in our minds. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 3, starting verse 4. The Lord came and he stood there. Nope, that's the wrong verse. Verse 4. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went back and he laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Want to make sure that's moving right? Yep. Now, Samuel, then the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. I just read that part, didn't I? <laughs> I started in the wrong verse. How about that? Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And so the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Turn to your neighbor and say, Are you listening? So Samuel went and he lay down in his place. And then the Lord came, yeah, the Lord came and stood there calling at there as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything that I spoke against his family from beginning to end. Last verse, 13, 14. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blaspheming God. He failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. And then because I skipped the first three verses, sorry, we have to go back. In verse 1, it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. And in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. Visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle in the ark of God. And so this morning as we break this story down, it's a beautiful story of a young man who, if you know the story of Samuel... He's a, a young man who was left, kicked out of the house. 
as a young boy and sent to the house of God. And he was put there because his mom, who uh, wanted a kid desperately, she wanted a baby, but she couldn't have a baby. And so for years she prayed and prayed and prayed. And then she got to the point where her prayers became desperate in desperate prayers and she's pleading with God at the altar in church and as she's pleading with God and she's crying and she's desperate and she looked like it was, she was so desperate she looked out of control and almost even drunk she goes home she gets pregnant and she has a baby but one of the things that she says to God if you will give me a son I will give him back to you and I think you know, looking at that in itself is extremely hard because think about waiting for years to have a baby and then you vow to God like some of us make vows to God, you know, God, if you do this for me, then I will do that. But then to actually go through it and to give up your son, think about giving up your son, your firstborn son that you waited for years, that you prayed for, that you were so desperate for, and then God gives you the son. I'm sure she had a feeling of like, ah, I can't, this is my baby, this is what I prayed for, this is what I wanted. But she took him to the house of God and she dropped him off there when he was very, very young. So Samuel grows up and he's probably like between 12 and 15. And as he's 12 and 15, he hears something. And, and he hears something. It says that in this time that the word of the Lord was rare. The word of the Lord was very rare. And you think about why would, why would the word of the Lord be rare? There's times where God was silent. How many of us know that when Jesus came to the earth, there was hundreds of years of silence before Jesus came? Right? There was silence. There was waiting of what was going to happen next. And so through all time, throughout history, there was times when God was silent. And that's one of the hardest things for us as believers when God is silent, when we're praying, when we're waiting, and there's nothing being said. This describes exactly how this time period, the word of the Lord was very rare. And we know that it was rare because Eli and his sons, wasn't so much Eli the priest, but his sons were evil. And they did things that they shouldn't have done. And Eli did not correct or discipline his sons. And so they all paid for it. The word of the Lord was very rare. They allowed evil into the house of God. It says for, for Eli, his eyes became so weak that he could barely, barely see. And so we start this picture with Eli and Samuel. You see a very old man, older, right? nothing wrong with being older, and then a very young man, 12 to 15-ish. And what is God teaching? The very first lesson that he teaches Samuel is how to listen. The very first lesson as a very young teenager is how to listen. And so as Samuel wakes, he's going to bed and he's listening, he hears this voice and he thinks it's Eli. This is the priest that Samuel's helping. This is the priest that Samuel, every single day, he's learning how to be a priest. He's learning how to be a prophet. And so every day he's going through the motions and he's cleaning and he's preparing and he's doing all the things that, that Eli needed done there. But at the very first thing that he hears is this voice. And so he runs to Eli. Eli, did you call me? No, I didn't call you, son. Go back to bed. So he goes back and lays down. And then he hears it again. Samuel, Samuel. And so he gets up, goes back to Eli. Eli says, no, that wasn't me. Samuel goes and lays back down again. The third time, hears it again, right? And in the process, Eli, even though he has a, he's a mature, he's an older person, he understands. It took him a little bit, right? 
just like many of us men, how many of us know it takes a little bit sometimes. But in the process with this Samuel and this boy, he realized something is going on. He realized that God is doing something and he realized that God is speaking. And so he says to Samuel, next time you go lay down, just say, here I am, Lord, here I am. And so as Samuel lays back down, he hears God again. And then he says, here I am, Lord. And God speaks and God tells him what he's about to do which is very harsh and very horrible for Eli and his sons. Eli and Samuel, we see a passing of from one generation to the next. You know, and, I, and as I look around today, I see that, I feel that we're in the same place. How many of us know Billy Graham, who is a absolute wonderful man and an evangelist who helped change the world through Jesus? His son, Franklin Graham, who's out there preaching the gospel the same, out there changing the world for Jesus. Greg glory, Harvest Crusade, that's happening today, 7 o'clock in Orange County. Again, another man who is changing the world and has been changing the world for Jesus for years and years and years. But as we look around today, how many of us see a younger Billy Graham? And how many of us see a younger Franklin Graham? And how many of us see a younger Greg Glory? There is a passing of an older generation where the newer, younger generation is time to step up. In this picture of Eli and Samuel, you'll see the passing of Eli and his sons who couldn't handle what they were there to do. And so God was moving on from Eli and his family and he was moving on to Samuel who would become the next priest and prophet for God. There was a passing of generations. You know, you look around and you see age and, and growing up and getting older, one of the greatest things that we know from our older people is the wisdom that older people have, right? I mean, we're all, we're all young, right? We're all young, young at heart. We feel young, we feel good. But somebody who's lived, you know, 40, 50 years like grandma, right? You've learned a few more things than the rest of us. There's wisdom in, in older people, right? There's more wisdom and more maturity. And so you see that with Eli and you see that with Samuel. And so one of the biggest lessons, because if you're gonna be a prophet for God, how many of us know listening is a big deal? If you're gonna go out and you're gonna speak the messages that God wants you to speak, you wanna get it right. Am I right? How many of us, if God is telling us something and he's saying, I want you to be a messenger and I want you to be a prophet and I want you to go give this person a word. I don't just want to, you know, fly out of the, off the seat of my pants, right? I don't want to be all loosey-goosey and just, you know, start spewing stuff that, that's me and God and everybody, right? If God wants me to give a word to somebody, I want it to be him and have nothing to do with me. And I want to get it right and I want to be right on. And so one of the most important things that we have to do as a Christian is listen. And we see that in this story. And what does listening have to do with Gru and Despicable Me? And what does listening have to do with Hacksaw Ridge? Because I think that in different times of our life, we listen at different levels. How many of us watch TV once in a while? And when we're watching TV, how many of us have had a conversation when the TV's on? Listening with the TV on and having a conversation, you are definitely listening with a different level. Now, when the TV's off and you're sitting there having a conversation over a cup of coffee, that is a completely different conversation, right? Because all the background noise is gone and it's silence. We know that in life, we listen at different levels. We listen at different levels because of the background noise. And so if we have a ton of background noise, 
if there's friends, if there's family, if there's finances, if there's a war going on, like what we see, this massive spiritual battle today, for some of us, it's hampering how we listen. It stops how we listen. And so if we're in this deep, intense battle on the front lines, if we're out there and we're trying to battle the devil and demons the best that we can, if we're trying to help our friends and so we're trying to give them an encouraging word here, an encouraging word there, and if we're trying to be nice and we're trying to do this, isn't it really, really important that we now listen more than we ever have? Isn't it really, really important that we open up our ears and make sure spiritually that we're listening? Now for Samuel, you see in this story that as he is, hears the voice for the first time, he didn't automatically knew that, it, he didn't know that it was God the first time, right? He didn't know it was God the second time. What did he do? He went to the priest. And there's still today many believers who they hear God speaking and they have no idea. What do they do? They run to the pastor and they, hey, can you help me here? Can you help me here? I think God's saying something, but I don't know. How many people cling to a man or cling to a woman yet haven't learned how to cling to God? And here's the story of Samuel in this great picture of him growing up and now becoming a young man who's going to stand at his own two feet, who's going to become a great and mighty and massive prophet for God, learning how to hear the voice. Many of us hear voices in all the wrong places. Many of us listen to sermons that honestly, sometimes we don't need to hear, no offense, right? During the week, many of us will turn on TV or turn on podcasts or this, and instead of praying and instead of opening our own Bible, we continue to just say, I just need to get a quick fix. It's like the vaccine. People are taking vaccines today because they want to they hopefully live and not die. But you're not guaranteed to live even if you get the vaccine, right? There's people, just as many who are getting sick with the vaccine who are not getting the vaccine, right? And so people, we look for the quick fixes. I mean, look at fast food. Fast food has taken over the world. It's amazing how, you know, instead of the old days preparation, you know, and going to the garden and picking out the tomatoes and the fresh cilantro or some basil. You know, it depends if you're going to go Italian or Mexican, right? Which way you want to go from the garden, right? So if it's going cilantro, you know it's going one way. If it's basil, it's going the other way, right? But in the old days, picking fresh herbs and, and fresh foods and then putting together a meal every single day. How many of us as people and around the world, it's we become so accustomed to fast. We become so accustomed with we have to do everything fast. And it's the same way in Christianity. There's a process that God wants us to go through. And it's not just, you think about Samuel here in this story, he's learning for the first time how to hear God's voice, but that is not the only time that he would have to learn how to hear God's voice. It's something that over and over and over again, we have to go through because there's times where we just let the noise drown out the voice of God. So many busy, right? So many people and busy, you know, Paul speaking to Timothy said in the last days, people are going to be lovers of themselves and they're going to be selfish and they're going to be rotten and they're going to be greedy. All the things that we see today. And in my mind, those are just background noise once again. And what is it doing? It's stopping Christians from hearing the voice of God. They think they're hearing the voice of God 
when they're hearing their flesh. They think they're hearing the voice of God when actually they're hearing a demon, right? I don't know about you, but I don't wanna listen to demons. I don't wanna get myself in trouble. I don't wanna listen to the devil. I wanna hear the voice of God. I wanna follow his voice wherever he's leading, wherever he's calling, whatever he's doing. Following the voice of God leads to blessing. Following the voice of God leads to healing. Following the voice of God leads to provision. Following the voice of God leads us to where we need to go. And so this morning, the thing that I'm proposing to you is, as we are on the front lines, what level of listening are you at with God? As you're on the front lines and as you're battling, as you're being busy, is it like grew and you're so happy and you're dancing? Everywhere you go, it's a dance and it's a song. And woohoo, yippee, I want to do a cartwheel and I want to do this or this. Are you so happy? Even in our happiness sometimes, that can take away from hearing God's voice. Or are you in the middle, in between going from happy to the extreme battle? Or are you somewhere stuck in the middle where there's just a little bit of noise? There's just a little bit of life going on. There's just a little bit of hide and go seek with God going on. There's just a little bit, but it's enough to distract you from hearing the voice of God, listening at different levels. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to one more um, book, and it's 1 Kings chapter 19, starting verse 11. And it says, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Turn your neighbor and say whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave and a voice said, Elijah, what are you doing here? We see that, you know, for Elijah who was running and another beautiful story in the Bible where this man defeats just this massive battle and he wins this enormous thing for God and he proves a point to so many people. And then he runs because there's a lady who's mad at him. And he's at this point in the mountain where he's having a conversation. And we see that God shakes with wind where he is. But it says God wasn't in the wind. Many believers were looking in one place and it's all the wrong direction. As God takes Elijah through this process, we see that there was wind. We see that there was earthquake. We see that there was fire. But at the last point, there was this really quiet whisper. If everything is so loud in your life, do you hear the whisper? If all of our hobbies, if all of our habits, if all of our friends, if everything in life, if life in itself, if the TV, if everything is so loud, are we taking time to hear his whisper? There's this beautiful song by uh, Maverick City called Used to This with Elevation Worship. And if you listen to the beautiful song, Used to This, it's all about enjoying and being in God's presence. And there is absolutely no substitute for being in God's presence. And part of the song talks about being so busy and God forgive me for being so busy that I am taken away from being with you. And I think for many Christians today, we find this 
we find ourselves in a spot because of COVID, because of what's happened with the dangers and with life and all these things that many of us, we have let so many noises and so many voices drown out the whisper. It's God's whisper at times that's gonna heal you. And it's God's whisper that's gonna deliver you or deliver your friends or deliver your kids. It's listening for his whisper where the provision is coming from. And how many of us on the front lines have just closed our ears to the whisper? You know, sometimes how many of us having a conversation with our spouse and we know that there's different levels of listening when you're engaging in a conversation with your spouse, right? How many of us know that with our kids and our kids, you know, are, are busy as well. And sometimes when you're both really busy, there is a level of listening that's really not listening at all, right? How many of us have engaged in a conversation recently and there's, there's talking back and forth and there's conversation, but neither one of you really listening because there's a different level of listening. And how many of us have friends that we've had conversations with? And sometimes when it's a friend that we haven't seen in a long, long time, how many of us, you know, have a conversation with a friend that we haven't seen for long or heard from for a long, long time? And then all of a sudden you have this conversation and you're really present. Why? Because you haven't talked to that friend for a long time a different level of listening. And even how about church? Sometimes we walk through the doors of church. What is the level that we listen when we come to church? Because there's distractions in church, right? Our stomachs are aching and saying, you missed breakfast and it's time for lunch, right? There's things going on, whether it's cold or it's hot or whether we have to drive to San Jacinto. There's so many different things and factors that happen to church. When we walk through the doors, it affects the level that we listen to. And lastly, the most important thing, God Almighty. He wants to speak to you and he does. And at times it's different. You know, you look at that story in 1 Kings chapter 19, God spoke to him and he chose to speak through him through the whisper. But I do think God uses loud things at times. When it becomes, situation becomes so desperate, when things are happening and shaking at such a drastic rate, sometimes God does have to speak in a drastic tone. And I take a step back today and I say, I think that's why the church has found herself, the church in this position with COVID and everything politically and everything that's happening in the world because I think that we enjoyed the peace and blessing of God for years when we weren't really listening. We're just going through the motions. Many people in church go through the motions of church instead of being the church. You can stand with me. We're gonna close and wrap up this morning if you can stand. And as we wrap up this morning, you know, last night we went to a free concert, turned to your neighbor and say, free. And you know what's so cool about free concerts is, what's really cool about this free concert, they didn't even charge for parking last night. So it was super awesome. And we knew it was a free concert with the Newsboys, so we got there super, 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 super early. But as we get there, and as our family, plus one, because of course we have Angelica, but as we're there in the concert, immediately, immediately, you know, I, I just felt God. And immediately I can feel his presence. And immediately I can just sense for me, for my wife, for my kids, for Angelica, 
all of us being wrapped up in the moment in the presence and and also because we were like i think the third row back and so the bass and the drums were so loud as they hit the bass and drums i mean you shook it was it was really really loud but as we're being there you know god kind of spoke to me and said this is good you needed this and, and your wife needed this and your kids needed this in a place in his presence, you know, listening and supporting Christian, Christian brothers and sisters who are out there doing the work. Franklin Graham started this thing called Route 66, which unfortunately ended last night and maybe he'll do it next year. But Route 66, he did this tour in the lower half of America playing free concerts, big bands. Newsboy is one of the biggest Christian bands out there, free concert you know, so that he can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that he can share the word of God and see people. They even gave us free t-shirts, free parking, free t-shirts. I mean, it's like free all the way around. It's like, wow, this is awesome. But immediately last night, I'm, I'm sitting and I'm enjoying God's presence. And we had to take the time out of life. You know, it's hard when you have, you know, we all lead busy lives. We all get busy, and, and we are. With, with five kids and a dog, you get busy, and you worry about your dog when you have to leave your dog at home, you know, who's so handsome or the fluffiest guy in the house, we call him Jax. And you feel bad when you leave your dog, but for us, taking a break and getting into the presence of God, it was needed for all of us, right? In a different situation, at a different time, and I just want to encourage you this morning as we close. So we're in a theme called On the Front Lines. And today, more than anything, what you need to hear is as we go through this war and battle and God and the devil and evil versus good, and we're seeing people left and right fall over, and it's horrible. There's Christians who are becoming atheists. There's Christians who are walking out on their marriages and their kids and their family, and they're walking out on God, and they're walking out on churches. All these horrible things that are happening through this past year. I think it's because of this one thing. They forgot how to listen. If you hear God speaking to you, if you hear God and it's audible to you and he's telling you what to do and he's telling you where to go and you're wrapped up and you're in his presence, right? You're feeling it. The problem is it's, it's when we get so busy and all the voices become so loud that we're missing him. And, you know, honestly, what happens is for Christians is the noise of their life is so loud that instead of taking ownership for themselves and saying, my life's too busy for you, God, they blame it on other people. They blame it on their pastor. They blame it on their church. They blame it on their friends. And instead of taking their own ownership that I need to stop being so busy and find God, they're going to blame it on somebody else. Don't play the blame game with God. Don't play the blame game with anybody else. We have to take ownership of ourselves and listen at a different level today because life has changed. Let's pray.